We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting Horror Movie Fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for this genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. And I'm John. If you're confused why we're not answering any questions, doing any calls, anything like that, it's because it's the holiday weekend. Unfortunately, we didn't have any voicemails or any questions that we were ready to answer. And... John's been drinking. <laughs> so we're a little bit concerned about the amount of momentum he's going to be able to salvage out of this hour-long operation, so we're just going to dive right into things. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? So I checked out Fair Street Part 1, 1994 on Netflix. And I just loved it so much. I'm so obsessed with it. I know everybody's talking about it, but here I am. So after a series of brutal slangs, a teen and her friends take on an evil force that plagued their notorious town for centuries. So this just, it's pretty much like a throwback slasher that's a lot of fun and it's just satisfying, you know? Like I was hearing like a lot of people talking about, oh, the music is great. I don't really remember the music in the 90s, but what I do remember is that I was obsessed with like AOL Messenger and stuff, you know, in the late 90s as a kid. So seeing, even though it was like oh, a couple Oh, that's years, how I learned to type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typing class in school did not teach me anything, but AOL Instant Messenger definitely did. There you go. But it's, it's, it's again, uh, it's really fun. I'm really looking forward to part two and even part three, which is coming, well, the second one's coming out this upcoming Friday. 
anyway, um, again, it's just like a really effective violent slasher about these teenagers in Shadyside, Ohio, who's dealing with a curse. And part two is actually going to take place in 1978. And from the previews, it looks like it's going to have that feel of like the 70s, early 80s slasher movies. And those are my jam. So, so said in 1994 is is the year inherently important to the story itself or is it just about getting the feel of 90s horror and trying to recapture it that's a good question to be honest with you i don't know to me it just kind of felt like they wanted to do like a 90s theme but it kind of fits with like the fair street books because a lot of them they they were like hot in the 90s yeah so that's that's why I assume that they, they did that. And plus, clearly, like, a curse is a curse, and it doesn't matter what year it is. Anybody <laughs> So That's true. But yeah, Very th- true. That's the first one. It, it, it really is a lot of fun, especially if you're just looking for, a, like, a straight forward just slasher. Like, they throw you in. There's a lot of blood and violence. It's just really It fun. goes hard on, for our rating for, like, a teen slasher movie. It, it gets it's, very bloody. Yes. Phenomenal. Um, And then the second thing I checked out, this is a rewatch for me, but it's very much a favorite. Uh, It's Mortuary from 2005. I watched it on DVD, but it's also available on YouTube. When a family moves to a new town out in the countryside, they take out, they take over an abandoned funeral home. However, the building is rumored to be haunted, haunted. So it's not really scary, but it has, it's pretty much like a creepy old house mortuary living next door to a cemetery type of vibe you know and it follows this kid this teenager named jonathan doyle and he's terrible okay he's really mad at his mom for moving him and his sister jamie across the country to a brand new area the house looks awful like i have no idea why she would even want to there's mold like the sewer is overflowing there's mud it just smells you could smell it through the screen you know super deep discount house super deep super deep so you know there's something wrong with it and then not only on top of that um the house is attached to a funeral home because she decides that this is what she wants to do and you know she's trying to make a living for herself she wants things to be better for for the kids so she tries to like try something new because she's a widow and you know why not start fresh and um again it it really is just it, it's horrible like who wants brown water coming out of their sink ill anyway <laughs> so um once Jonathan starts working at this like local diner, he be friends with these other teenagers and they pretty much tell him the town's myth. So you know that it's coming. Not only are you in a dirty house that sucks, but now there's probably some ghost man underneath your house, you know? And uh, it's, a, it's a legend about this boy named Bobby Fowler where he was like disfigured. So his family used to really abuse him like horribly. But then one day he disappears. No one knows what happens. 10 years later, his parents are just brutally murdered. They find them just slaughtered in the house. Then people believe that it's, you know, it's Bobby Fowler and he's living somewhere underground in the cemetery. Okay. And we don't know. And it's just, you're thinking, okay, you have to worry about that, but there's something else that they have to worry about that involves mold and dead bodies. So I'll leave it at that. And, um, this isn't a perfect movie, again, you know, but there's just something about it. I remember when I first watched it back in 2005, it aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. So it's like a made-for-TV movie. And plus, Toby Hooper, he directed it. 
and ah. uh, Denise Crosby, she's in it, and she's just wonderful. I love her so much. And it's just a fun movie. And again, I have it on um, DVD, and I just like to rewatch it every couple of years or so. It's a great Halloween movie, too. Um, but it is streaming on YouTube. So just nice. in case if you want to check it out. Nice. Get down with some mold and brown water. Mold and brown water. No, thank you. Uh, I read The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix, which is out Yay. on July 13th. Uh, plot is <clears throat> Lynette Tarkington is a real-life final girl who, survi- who survived a massacre 22 years ago, and it's defined every day of her life since. And she's not alone. For more than a decade, she's been meeting with five other actual final girls and their therapist in a support group for those who survived the unthinkable, putting their lives back together piece by piece. That is until one of the women misses a meeting and Lynette's worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to take their lives apart again, piece by piece. So, Grady Hendrix, we've talked about him before uh, on the show, where he has this weird blend of, like, he kind of reconfigures a familiar horror story or concept, but he puts a lot of uh, sentiment and, and earnestness in it. So they're very sincere, but they can be... It's kind of like this weird blend of horror comedy meets sincerity. And this one, I feel like, is not my favorite Hendrix, but still good Hendrix. Like, there is no bad Hendrix uh, novels. And if you love slashers, then you will love this. Because all of these final girls are mirrored after actual final girls. So, you know, there's... Julia, who is very much has a backstory that's like Scream, and Marilyn, who is like Marilyn Burns, the who played Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and her story is similar. So it's all of these actual slasher influences melded together, kind of like what 2018 Halloween did, where it follows what their lives are like now so many years removed from this night they're they're shattered they're broken and uh lynette happens to be the weakest one of the bunch or at least is perceived as such and so therefore nobody believes her because she's ultra paranoid when stuff starts happening again and it really hits the ground running and does not let up at all and it's it's pretty good so again if you like slashers you will like this and if you like grady hendrix hendrix novels you will like this um and you know I also want to throw out there that because this is coming out on July 13th, uh, Grady Hendrix has teamed up with Ted Geohagen and they are doing watch parties for the next two Saturdays. So July 10th and then the following Saturday, they are doing uh, hashtag stabby Saturdays starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you go to Shudder and just let follow the the TV, it's like it came from the Shudder channel um, starting mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. Eastern on July 10th, there will be Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2. And uh, Final Girls, Xena and I will be playing along. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be hey. our Tokyo convertible, you should <laughs> join us on Twitter. Hashtag Stabby Saturdays. And then awesome. I... Yeah. And then I watched Dakra. Uh, it comes out at theaters and virtual theaters this Friday, and it is about an an investigation into witchcraft that leads a trio of journalism students into a mysterious town marked by sinister rituals. 
quote-unquote inspired by true events. I have no idea what these events are, but this is Tunisia's first horror movie ever, and it goes pretty hard for a their first horror movie. Um, it is very influenced by a lot of our familiar horror movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Blair Witch, but it, they give it its own spin. So by the end of it, it it almost reminds me a little bit of Baskin because it just goes dark with the black magic Ooh. stuff. Um, I, I won't say it goes quite as hard and weird as Baskin, but it does go pretty hard. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a cool little movie that's very grim and weird and black magic-y, and I liked it. So, yeah. It looks so good. Like, I was watching the trailer last night. Yeah. It seems like your jam, Zena. I'm surprised yeah. you haven't seen it. I know. Well, it comes well, out Friday. It's, it's not out yet. What, John? Come on. <laughs> yeah, but Megan's your insider. Come on, you're an insider. True. You're a, no, I'm... you're a whole, you're a producer. Yes, but she she's busy with the yeah she's busy producing no, with her I'm... now fully funded Kickstarter project. Yeah, I'm... yeah, but I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as fancy as Megan who gets to go to fancy festivals and see movies like three years in advance before everybody else. <laughs> Well, you could be too if you wanted. Let's make that happen. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Come with me. <laughs> and I had the pleasure of watching some movies this week. And that's how you know I'm drunk because that's my segue this week. Not drunk. Just happily buzzed. We are having some unbridled uh, chaos this episode. Uh, Happy chaos. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the pick that Megan was concerned about bumming me out with. 2010's Uzumaki on Prime. The inhabitants of a small Japanese town become increasingly obsessed with and tormented by spirals. All right, Megan, why this one? Because it is based on Junji Ito's manga. Uh, and Junji Ito is really good for creating nightmare fuel through his artwork. Uh, yes. And this movie is... A slightly different because it was made before the manga was actually finished, so it kind of detours a little bit, but it is so delightfully weird. So, yeah. Well, this movie is <laughs> awesome. Yeah! I am surprised. So, it's funnily, or funnily, that's a word. Sure today, it is. Today it is. Strangely enough, I almost watched this movie like two weeks ago as I was scrolling through. I don't know if it was on Tubi or Prime because I saw this on Prime. But I, I almost watched this from the artwork. I'm like, Spirals. And I think I just watched Saw or something. And I was like, oh, hey, Spirals. Maybe I'll watch this. But <laughs> Very different. Yeah, but it was subtitled, so I didn't. Uh, this movie is fascinatingly weird on so many levels because it's... It's got, um, I don't want to say classic, because there, there's certain tropes or visual styles of Japanese filmmaking, certain zooms, certain cuts, certain angles, things like that, that happen. And Uzumaki's filled with them. And some of the character, the, some of the characters are so strange. Like the guy who has a crush on the the the, the heroine, I suppose, <laughs> would should be the heroine. Um, of like trying to scare her and like it's his very like elementary school playground version of trying to like get this girl to notice him like I'm gonna scare you ah like he just jumps <laughs> out <laughs> and 
like the mean girls are so strange and all of a sudden it just devolves into like it starts out weird and it gets so much weirder yeah it's weird the movie yeah and i'm sure the manga ex- maybe it explains more i have no idea but it gets so strange where all of a sudden you're like wait what's happening to that guy oh wait what's that oh oh what's the, what are those things on that building oh like, why is that happening to him? No answers? All right, let's just keep moving. Yep. <laughs> and there's such strange visuals for the death scenes and, like, what's going on and how they connect it all with spirals and just literally spirals. It's just the shape. That's all it is, is the spirals. There'll be certain scenes where there'll be, like, a spiral in, like, the corner just happening visually. You don't necessarily notice it right away, but it's, like, this whirlpool effect in the in the the, the frame. It's all so bizarre. I was just captivated by it. <laughs> I was watching it like, this isn't bumming me out. This is just confusing me in like the best ways possible. It is so weird. And like, because there's like nothing to categorize this against. No. Like, it's there's so many thing. other movies. It's like, oh, well, if you like this, you should see this. If someone's like, oh, I just watched Uzumaki. Well, if you like that, I'm like, where are you going with this one? <laughs> Like, what are you going to connect to Uzumaki? It's so strange. Totally recommend it for people who, especially if you aren't super into Japanese horror movies or don't have, like, a really big lexicon of experience in them, and you're just looking for something weird. Like, Uzumaki, it's unsettling and weird (laughs) and... There's a dryer involved and you keep <laughs> waiting to see what's going on inside the dryer. Like I rewound it. Like, did I miss what was in the dryer? And then you see it later and you're like, t- oh, okay, there we go. That's a thing now that's in my head forever. <laughs> Spirals. So, but no, great pick, Megan. Yay. I know you were a little nervous, but it was a great pick. I knew he would like it. I don't. So I, I never know. You'll figure it out. You'll start. To, you'll start to pick up on my algorithm on this. Your algorithm. You have an algorithm. I do. I will crack it eventually. It's eventually, and then I watched Zena's pick. Two thousand. Oh, it is not two thousand sixteen. That is way wrong. That's nineteen eighty something's Death Spa on 89, Voodoo. Eighty nine. Yeah. Eighty nine's Death Spa on Voodoo. Gruesome deaths begin to occur at a hip Los Angeles nightclub. That was all that IMDb gave me, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give away too much. I'll just kind of dig into it now. Uh, but first and foremost, Zena, why this one? Because it makes me laugh. Because there are so many questions. Like, okay, why? Spoiler. Why would his ex-wife? Okay, it's horrible that she, like, committed suicide. But then it's just like, instead, why don't you just possess Michael or possess his girlfriend What's up with that? How did this get made? I don't know. There's just a lot of things. So to clarify from last week when I thought I had seen this one, I haven't. This was my first time watching it. I was thinking of the movie made around the same time called Aerobicide. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And I think it had another name too, but like every movie in the 80s, it had multiple names depending on when you watched it. Um, So this was my first. And yeah, I was so confused. Watching all of this, like <laughs> deaths would happen, and I'd be like, "Why'd that happen? Who's that?" Right. Wait a second. Those two are somehow in a relationship together. I didn't get that at all. Okay, I guess they're together. And then all of a sudden, like, then you're watching people eating sushi at a health club and what's supposed to be a New Orleans or like a, a Mardi Gras festival that is 
I've celebrated Mardi Gras like tangentially, not really seriously, never in New Orleans. I've never celebrated it like they did in that health club. Same, like in in which it seemed to be a Halloween party that they decided to call <laughs> Mardi Gras. I don't know. That's what I mean. See, there's so many. I'm telling you, I don't know. And I had you watch the movie. So it's just like there's so many questions. But you just can't help but to watch it. And it, it, it'll make you feel good. It, it, it is. I, I did enjoy it because it's the exact, it's the 80s kind of cheese that I really enjoy. Of There's moments where you can tell they're just earnestly or at least the actors are earnestly trying to pull this off. They're trying to make their characters like just be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sadly, it is an uphill struggle for them because it is a tough script and some tough editing to get around. And it's very confusing. But, you know, but it also works. It is fun. It is funny and ridiculous. And I would absolutely watch this on like the last drive-in or something like, oh, they're doing yeah. Death Spa? Yeah, I'll watch this. Are you kidding me? This is absurd. Uh, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it's also like just a great palate cleanser because it's so weird. It's not deep on any level. None. It's more just kind of like all right, this is a thing that's happening now. Right. Like, all right. And there's a lot of death. It's and and that's my that's my thing where it's just kind of like, you know, it is it's a lot of fun. And it's like I think that they were trying to do something different by saying like, oh, yeah, it's his wife. And it's just like, OK, at this point, we don't even care, you know, because you threw everything <laughs> else at us. It's just yeah. weird. But you love like, it. And it's just like a feeling that he thinks his wife is haunting the place. He's like. I can't shake this feeling that my wife is haunting the health spa. What kind of like, marriage did one, they have? Yeah, like, why is that a thing that you think is happening? And right? then, two, you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, good on you. Way to peg that one. But holy crap, that was, it's bananas. Ridiculous. <laughs> but it's it's awesome bananas. And I watched a lot of other stuff this week, including Near Dark, which is on USA Shutter. Go watch Near Dark on USA Shutter. I don't know if it's available in other countries. I apologize for that, but I freaked out when I saw that it was on Shutter, and I immediately watched it. Megan's right. Rewatching it again. It is all about the family. Anything else that doesn't involve the family does not matter. Yeah, the <laughs> but that family the between yeah between Lance Hendrickson and Bill Paxton, I could just watch. I. I I could watch an entire series of that family, and I should. That should be rebooted. I don't care. Do it. Do it. Do but it. I'm not talking Take my about money. That. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about a Patreon pick. Uh, our patron, Ryan Russell, had a request that we talk about Come True on Hulu, 2020's Come True. A teenage runaway takes part in a sleep study that becomes a nightmarish descent into the depths of her mind and a frightening examination of the powers of dreams. So now we've all seen it. Yes. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it this week on Hulu. Uh, so thoughts. Let's go around the table. We'll start with Xena. What are your thoughts on Come True? This is actually one of my favorite movies so far that I've seen this year. I think I watched it this year. And um, I know with the director, I read this thing that he was pretty much like a um, 
I don't want to say like a one person team, but he like, he directed it, he produced it, he wrote it, he did some of the editing, he did the music. And it's just like, he's just amazing. And I just want to be him. But I think it's, it's, it's a very unsettling movie. When I first watched it, I had like a, I had like a lot of questions. I had to watch it more than once. And this is definitely the type of movie that you cannot watch with your phone in your hand. You cannot have no. any, any distractions at all. You just need to just watch it. Um, the ending, sometimes it, it depends. The first time I watched it, I was confused. But then the second time and third time I watched it, then it's just like, okay, I, I think I kind of got it. But I feel like overall, it's just a very unsettling um, movie for me because I feel like it's something that may be possible. So it, that's what makes it eerie and creepy. Yeah, we'll try not to do too much spoilers for people during this. Maybe we'll do a Patreon on the side to talk Ooh. about it and do a little bit more spoilerific. That'd be awesome. Um, to talk about because I feel like you could totally do a deep dive for on sure. this one. For sure. Um, and I was yeah. just going to just end it. I'm sorry. Because I, I love this movie. I would just also just say if you love kind of like horrified, horror sci-fi or like sci-fi horror like from the, like the 80s, 1980s type, I think that this may be for you. Like there's if you so liked many possessed Or like Possessor by Brandon yeah. Cronenberg. Like I had a very strong Possessor vibe visually probably more than anything else. Um, but yes, I agree. Uh, Megan, what'd you think of it? I like it a lot. Um, I think there's a little bit of a thing at the ending that I wasn't as fond of, but everything up to that point, I absolutely adore. Um, this director has this unique way of creating these unsettling, eerie, kind of alternate yes. reality dreamscapes. Um, Ooh. I mean, I've, I've talked before about Father's Day segment in Holidays. It's the same director. Mm -hmm. uh, he just draws you oh. in. I think the closest I can describe this, and again, this is not a spoiler, but if you've ever seen Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter's Prince of yes. Darkness, and you have that yep. kind of alternate where the TV mm -hmm. is distorted and beckoning, that's his whole aesthetic, but modern and far more like sumptuous. It's gorgeous. Um, and it draws you in. You know, like Xena was talking about, you have to put your phone down and watch it. The the imagery alone kind of draws you into where you don't want to have your phone in hand. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, I could watch, if this director has an Instagram account or something, I could yes. just watch his dream sequences yeah. all day long. The first, because it opens up with a dream sequence that is so beautiful that, again, like Xena hit the nail on the head. I made the mistake. I was watching on a Friday. It was kind of a half day at work, but I wasn't paying attention initially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am missing out too much because they're not hand feeding you too much information that and at least not enough so that I could kind of like through osmosis figure out where I was it didn't work at all and but those dream sequences were so like haunting and beautiful and again yeah. more of that uh I even I even took it upon myself because I was so confused by the end of it like all right this is way deeper than I think it is mm -hmm. That I looked up some videos on it, people trying to like explain and mm -hmm. do deep dives on it. And I guess it's very heavily rooted in Jungian uh, psychology, mm -hmm. Carl Jung. And even like the title cards are all associated with Carl Jung's like phases of human understanding or something like that. I'm going to dive deep back into the two semesters I was a psych major in college and not get any of this right. But 
it it is it's a really fascinating and strange movie the relate the the character relationships are really weird like riff who's like the lead semi-lead kind of or he's the assistant i Mm -hmm. guess who's kind of still the lead uh researcher in this his relationship and his knowledge of boundaries and human interactions is lacking at the very best and all of it is just yeah it's surreal and strange and captivating and yeah i totally think we could do a deep dive on this on patreon it's it's just so great yeah yeah it's just a visually fascinating thing and at least for myself i know i've said this before like in horror when you can be presented and shown something where you're like i haven't seen this before Mm -hmm. i haven't even thought about this before like this is a new take on anything like yeah we've talked about dreams before in movies obviously especially in horror but not like this right and it feels like it could go so much deeper with the concepts they're playing with in the dreams and everything else. Yeah. Come true on Hulu. Go check it out. Um, it's super deep, tons of levels, but at the very surface level, if nothing else, it's pretty unsettling and visually beautiful. Yes. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how do we watch it? I watched Fair Street Part 1, 1994 on Netflix and Mortuary on DVD, but it's also available on YouTube for free. I read The Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendrix, which is out on July 13th, and I watched Dakra, which releases in theaters and virtual theaters uh, this Friday, July 9th. And I watched Uzumaki, that's U-Z-U-M-A-K-I on Prime. I watched Death Spa on Vudu. It's available there for free. And I watched Come True on Hulu. All right. So what am I watching for next episode? Uh, I think Megan picked first. Uh, Zena, you're first. Okay. Um, have you okay. seen um, Harpoon from 2019? Oh. <laughs> nope. Okay. It sounds like aquatic horror. Yeah. <laughs> There's a harpoon involved. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good enough for me. Uh, what's it playing on? Hulu. Hulu. And Megan? Have you watched Caveat yet on Shudder? No, no, I have not. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that was an interesting noise from Xena. I'm sorry. I don't know how to take any of that. <laughs> good luck. Okay. Ooh, challenge accepted. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but... Feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. 
Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com, promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? The Taking of Deborah Logan duo is developing a new horror series for Netflix. Uh, Taking of Deborah Logan and Escape Room filmmakers Adam Robitel and Gavin Heffernan have set up their next project, a horror series being developed over at Netflix. It's the pair's first move into television. It's titled The Craving. With Robitel and Heffernan writing the pilot and Robitel himself on board to direct that episode and potentially future episodes. Uh, the Craving explores the real-world horrors of addiction through a genre lens. It centers around a female sheriff in a Colorado ski town besieged by an unprecedented new threat. Darren Aronofsky and Elizabeth Gasis will executive produce for Protozoa Pictures. And in addition to Deborah Logan and Escape Room, as well as upcoming sequel, Robitel is also known for directing the uh, most recent Insidious, The Last Key, and Heffernan wrote Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. So um, I think uh, that we have all seen The Taking of Deborah Logan, which yep. gave yes. a very unique spin on Alzheimer's. So how do we feel about them taking on addiction? It's a yes for me. Sounds like a pretty fascinating lineup of people supporting this project. Yeah. That's for sure. Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge. My one problem with taking a Deborah Logan was I didn't really like it as a found footage format. I, th I feel like they were using that more to be able to accentuate the awesome acting of the lead actress in it. Like those moments of staring at the camera. Yeah. I thought were so haunting. That really wouldn't work the same if it wasn't found footage. Um, it works more. It was like if we've talked about this before, POV, yeah, horror, because it's edited and there's like these full title sequences in the middle about their project and everything else. Um, but like you said, it's, I mean, I know that the the ending of taking a Deborah Logan can be pretty divisive mm -hmm. because it is inherently through ninety percent of the movie there's at least the possibility we're talking about just pure mental illness and dementia or Alzheimer's or, or, or the, the effects it can have on the, not only a person, but their families. And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh, okay. We got a thing going on here. So I'll be fascinated to see in terms of addiction, right? What their spin on addiction is, but I'm totally for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially with, I mean, it sounds like they're having a ton of support. I mean, Darren Aronofsky yeah. is an executive producer. Like, that's a little bit crazy. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm on board. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, Netflix makes it easy, right? Mm -hmm. um, Javier Botet is going to play Dracula in Andre Avdal's The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, writer Bragi shoots script. The Last Voyage of the Demeter has been floating around for many years now with several different directors attached at various points. 
Um, but the director currently on board is obviously the director behind the autopsy of Jane Doe, scary story and scary stories to tell in the dark, and Troll Hunter, which we've talked about before. Nice, yeah. uh, he's directing for Amblin Partners, and obviously this is the director that's sticking because production is underway. So mm-hmm. after years of this floating around and changing hands, it's finally kicking off. And David Dasmelkian, who will be seen in the upcoming Suicide Squad. Uh, Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones, Isling Fran- Franciosi, who is in The Nightingale, and Javier Botet, our favorite uh, soiled underpants-wearing Tristan Medeiros <laughs> from the Wreck franchise. They have joined uh, Corey Hawkins, who was in The Walking Dead, in the upcoming movie. Um, the Hollywood Reporter broke down the roles each actor is playing. So they've got Cunningham, he's playing the ship's stately captain, while Dust Malkion is Wolgek, the Demeter's first mate. Franciosi plays Anna, a stowaway, while Briones is the ship's cook. Uh, Kapijic and Nikolov are crew members who clearly won't be on the return leg of the voyage. And obviously, Botet is playing Dracula. Nice. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, what a, what a very interesting and inspired choice, I think. Yeah. Um, and if you are unfamiliar with the title, the film is based on a single chapter, The Captain's Log, from Bram Stoker's uh, classic 1897 novel, Dracula. It tells the story of the Russian schooner, Demeter, which was chartered to carry private cargo, 24 unmarked wooden crates from Carpathia to London. The film will detail the strange events that befell the doomed crew as they attempt to survive the ocean voyage, stalked each night by a terrifying presence on board the ship. So, yeah, when it finally arrived, it was derelict. No trace of the crew. So, you know, obviously we should should talk about the casting, but I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on movies where you kind of already know the story behind it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just horror movies, but even based on true stories where it's like a catastrophe and you know that there's going to be a doomed crew. Like, already knowing the ending, does that hurt? or help or have any effect on your mindset going into these movies? Um, it, it doesn't really have, it doesn't really affect me because I, I love to see how things unfold, even though, yeah, you know what's coming, but sometimes like you'll get surprised also depending on like the director and the writer. Um, of course they'll probably still be doomed, but you know, <laughs> getting there could, yeah. is, could be fun. I mean, that's not a- fun for them, <laughs> not fun for them, fun for us. Yeah, no, that's a really <laughs> right. good point. Right, and like honestly, even with some shows that we watch, you kind of know how it's going to go, even though we've never seen it before. But you know what I mean. But just seeing yeah. things unfold and come together, and plus, like even as far as it goes with the acting, like it seems like they have like a, a powerhouse cast. So I don't know. I think that this is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. The prism I'm trying to look at it through is looking at it through, like, through Titanic, which I rarely look at anything through the Titanic <laughs> prism. But the fact of the matter is you start Titanic and you know that the, the boat's going to hit an iceberg and the boat's going to sink. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, well, what's the rest of the story? Right. How are they going to tell this story? Mm-hmm. Yes, we understand this chapter from uh, Dracula. We've seen it played out very briefly in Nosferatu, and we've seen it play out in Shadow of Vampire, and... You know, like all kinds of... Con- I, I think even um, Vampire in Brooklyn had something similar, like about the actual travels to New York Harbor. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. We can know that it's going to happen. We can know that people are going to die. But it's the story. 
and there's going to still be a bookend to it one way or the other. I don't think it's going to start with it just literally being, all right, everybody's dead. Movie's over. <laughs> Maybe it will. But I'm more fascinated to see how they do it because they're sticking to one specific chapter. And Javier Botet as Dracula is like the happiest yeah. thing that I have heard in so long. Not just because I really love Javier Botet as a, a physical actor. Yeah. Um, it's a chance to showcase, obviously. It's like Andy Circus getting more opportunity to showcase himself as an actor instead of just a motion capture character mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's a different Dracula. I have to imagine that they're not just going to have this handsome, regal, royal Dracula. Yeah. It's Javier Botet. He's going to be a little bit messed up, I hope. Yeah. And I think I talked about that last week. It's like, just show Okay, I don't mind vampires, but show me something I haven't seen. Show it a different way. They don't have to be romantic with... Romantic. You know, like frill, yeah, with, <laughs> you know, frilly cravats and, like... <laughs> Very seductive and speaking, you know, English Renaissance drama. Like, if you give me some twisted Javier Botet version of Dracula, that's even better. Yeah. Just show me something different. And I think this is amazing casting. Plus, Andre Orval is, or, or Overdahl is the best. Give him more movies. Give him more <laughs> yes. movies, awesome. yeah. It's a good project. Can't and wait. Production's underway. Yeah, so I, I like that it's a different, at least, component of, I mean, we've how many Dracula movies have we seen? And, and we're getting a little bit of a different angle with this, with a very stellar cast and crew behind it. So, yeah, I, I agree with all of this. Um, and Blumhouse is confirmed to produce the new Exorcist movie. William Friedkin's The Exorcist is universally considered a classic. It forever changed possession horror as we know it. Uh, It also spawned multiple sequels and prequels and a very excellent TV series on Fox that was canceled far too soon, and I'm still mad about it. Um, A reboot has been rumored for several years now, with a report last December claiming Blumhouse will be producing alongside Morgan Creek with Halloween David Gordon Green in talks to direct. Green has yet to be confirmed as the director, but Jason Blum did confirm to Denna Geek that Blumhouse will, in fact, be producing after all. Uh, The interview takes an interesting turn, with Blum teasing a new direction for The Exorcist, likening it to what they've done with John Carpenter's Halloween. It's going to be like David's Halloween sequel, he told the site. I think it's going to be pleasant. Uh, I think it's going to pleasantly surprise all the skeptics out there. We had a lot of skeptics about Halloween, and David turned them around. I think he's going to turn them around with The Exorcist. This is in no way confirmation of any story direction, um, and it could be read as Blum teasing a new film that will retcon all of The Exorcist sequels and kickstart a new beginning, birth from the climax of the 73 masterpiece. Either way, he's made it clear he's trying to appease both new and old audiences, which is a very tall order. I want to make a movie that works for both audiences, says Blum. I want to make a movie for people that know and love the first Exorcist and are furious that we're doing this, but somehow drag themselves to the theater. And I want them to come out happy, and I want to make a movie that people who've never heard of The Exorcist really enjoy. I think David did that with Halloween. I think he'd do that with The Exorcist also. I do think it's worth noting that David Gordon Green is also attached to direct the upcoming Hellraiser TV series for HBO. So this guy is officially putting his foot in every major horror franchise. What mm-hmm. the French toast. Uh, 
thoughts on both Green and Blumhouse uh, attached to another horror major property or even the idea of another like theatrical kind of reboot or sequel or whatever they're doing with The Exorcist? Um, well, this kind of goes hand in hand with the previous news. Like, okay, well, what are you going to show us? It's and it's like, and it's kind of like kind of what you mentioned, Megan, with the series. Like, I know, like at one point, I was like, "Hey, no one, no more series." But the Exorcist series, it was actually really good. Yeah. So I'm surprised that they didn't try to bring that back. Um, it's just that you know, it's the Exorcist, though. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just yeah. kind of like. I'm I'm not gonna rule them out for it and say, oh, you guys are gonna whatever. Like maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah. So. And there's been no shortage of possession movies. No. Over the last mm-hmm. ten and twenty years. So yeah, like what are you gonna show? Like, I, his line, like people were really skeptical about Halloween 2018. Maybe people were. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Same. I was like, okay, here's the next movie, and it looks like, and they're oh, okay, they're rebooting it from everything after the first one or or whatever. Like, okay, yeah. So I don't. I understand that as a creator, you hear skeptics probably more than fans do. You know, like if you're a fan of the franchise, you don't necessarily hear the skeptics. You're like, okay, what's your next one? So I understand that also could just be a comment of he heard people like, oh, God, you're going to do what to Halloween now? Right. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's like a pull quote or something for the press or who knows how many interviews you've done about it. But uh, it, it really is like that's oddly enough, it feels like almost. As hard or harder uphill struggle than reinventing Dracula. Yeah. And maybe that's because we just heard news where I'm like, ooh, I think they're reinventing Dracula. Mm-hmm. I think what what's different, though, is that it's like Blumhouse has done Halloween. They they want to do... Christine. Chris, yeah, they're, mm. they're doing all of these reboots of, of major properties, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Exorcist, where else can you go? When he says that... They when he's hinting that they might pull a Halloween and kind of pick back up, the series actually did that. The series did that really, really well. So mm-hmm. you've already got two high bars. You've got like how you know no sequel has really as as great as The Exorcist Three is. It's kind of its own thing versus like trying to measure up to the original. Like we we kind of do a detour over here, um, and even consensus didn't turn like. The immediate reaction when The Exorcist 3 was released in 1990 wasn't stellar. That's a critical reappraisal that happened over time. I just don't know where you could go. And again, you know, we could be surprised, but Mm -hmm. I I can't help but be slightly concerned that you have one name attached to rebooting all of these properties. I just think, like, give me some exciting voices. Nothing against David Gordon Green because, you know, I, I like... Halloween 2018. Yeah. I am so jazzed for Halloween Kills, but I would love to to see a variety. Can can he give me a variety in rebooting all of these properties? I mean, he's got Hellraiser series on the way. He's got Halloween Kills Part 2 in a planned trilogy, and now it sounds like, you know, he's a shoe-in for The Exorcist. Yeah. How about we instead of Blumhouse and and Green teaming up for a lot of this stuff? How's about you know, Spectre Vision get a reboot, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or something. I want That'd a variety. So, you know, Andrew of Uvdal, and, sorry, Andre and Javier teaming up to do The Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's exciting. Yeah. Which is not to say that this will not be great and I'll eat crow when it comes out, but 
I, I would like some some variety. Spice up our lives, please. So yeah, that's my thoughts as I ranted. <laughs> uh, and in a much smaller scale news, but equally noteworthy, a biblical horror movie Lamb was acquired by A24 ahead of Cannes. So just a, ahead of this year's Cannes Film Festival, which runs from July 6th to July 17th, A24 snatched up all North American rights, which premieres on May 13th in Cannes in the Un Certain Regard competitive sidebar. Uh -huh -huh. Uh, I'm making fun of myself. A24 will release the film, which stars Numi Rapace, known for Prometheus and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, later this year. And the news coincided with a new teaser, which you can find on Bloody Disgusting. Uh, Lamb is a story of an Icelandic couple, Maria, played by Rapace, and Ingvar, who live with their herd of sheep on a beautiful but remote farm. When they discover a mysterious newborn on their farmland, they decide to keep it and raise it as their own. This unexpected prospect of a new family brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. A script like this is rare, and I directly felt that I had to do it, said Rapace when the film was originally announced in Variety. I've never done anything like this before, and I can't wait to start filming and go back to my roots in Iceland. Obviously, it's been filmed. This was back when this script, just based on the script alone, caused a buying frenzy in Europe with all the rights across Europe getting snatched up. And so now there's a teaser tra trailer. Um, it's premiering soon. And yeah, so this, this looks nuts. I don't know if you even had a chance cause this news literally broke to the day we are recording. So I'm not sure if anybody mm -hmm. had a chance to see it. Did you? Um, I, I checked it out. It kind of gave me modern, the witch vibes. Yeah. You know? Very atmospheric. So, yeah. Is it something it cool. that's. No. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I didn't see it. You did. So didn't let see me put my two cents in. Throw it. No. No. Wait, what is the, does the plot sound intriguing at all for you? Uh, I thought your plot description sounded awesome. Like it, it brings them together before tearing them apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just very like, I just love the idea of like an end credit scene where like there's that last title card where it says, and in the end, the lamb tore them apart. The lamb tore the them end. apart. The end. Yeah. Doesn't it sound, it, it doesn't look fairy tale esque, but it reminds me of a very fairy tale style story. Like, did, I don't know if John would have, but I'm going to ask Xena. Have you ever heard <laughs> or seen of Little Otic? No. It's like this, when did it come out? I feel like it was 90s or early 2000s. This, I think it's Czech. It's like a Czech fairy tale movie where. They are so desperate for a baby that the husband carves one out of wood and then it comes to life and it Whoa. just has an insatiable appetite and it eats everything, including people <laughs> and flesh. And so they're, Whoa. you know, joyous at getting, I, I like this movie. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, it sounds very similar in that it's like you want something so bad and you get it and you be careful what you wish for. But yeah, like Zena said, the teaser looks very, very atmospheric, very foggy, very isolated. Mm -hmm. It's like... The Lodge meets The Witch is, is yeah. the aesthetic I get. Ooh, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That works for me. All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for Javier Botet to get all soiled vampire on us? 
<laughs> Looking forward to anything Exorcist related. Let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. Or keep your eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. Don't be scared off by Elliot's voice. We love all the messages we get. Send them in. <laughs> Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? So, coming out on Tuesday, we have two movies, July 6th. So, I spoke about Dark Spell last week. It'll be available yeah. on VOD, DVD, and Blu-ray. Tara strikes when a heartbroken woman uses black magic to get her boo back. Then, we also have <laughs> Rock, Paper, and Scissors. Um, this movie comes from Argentina. It'll be available on VOD. Jesus and, and uh, Jose Maria are siblings living in a closed-off world constructed of strange games and relentless, relentless madness. When their half-sister, Magdalena, returns home to inquire about her share of the inheritance, a strange and bloody affair ensues. Then on Thursday the 8th, Sun will be available on Shudder. And I think we spoke about this one because um, a couple of months ago it came out on VOD. Yeah. But basically, mm -hmm. after a mysterious group breaks into a woman's home, attempting to abduct her eight-year-old son, the two of them flee the town in search of safety. But soon after the failed kidnapping, her son becomes extremely ill, suffering from increasing psychosis and convulsions. Following her maternal instincts, Laura commits unspeakable, unspeakable acts to keep him alive. But soon she must decide how far she's willing to go to save her son. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, thank you, Megan. See, we need sound effects. Okay, and then we I are am the not going to commit to that at all. <laughs> you should. You owe us a, a sea shanty. Go. Here's my sound effect. <laughs> so, are you saying that will be a sound effect every week? Oh God, no! <laughs> I might regret this tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, and then on Friday, July 9th, we have Fear Street Part 2, 1978, coming to Netflix. A summer of fun turns into, gruesome, into a gruesome fight for survival as killers. As a killer terrorizes Camp Nightwing in the cursed town of Shady Side. Then we also have Meander. It will be coming out on VOD. A woman gets locked in a series of bizarre tubes filled with dangerous traps. Whoa! Doesn't that sound insane? <laughs> <laughs> it's very cube-like, right? Yeah. yeah. And then also, uh, Megan just, just spoke about this one. Dakra will be available, limited release. And then last and certainly not least, if you like comedy horrors from Dion Taylor, who's also going to be directing the reboot or the sequel, I don't know, to Blackula, <laughs> Dion Taylor, <laughs> um, he directs uh, The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks Part 2. It's available on VOD. So if you like comedy horrors that are silly and ridiculous, you may want to check this one out. Or don't. I feel like I need you to watch like... part one based on your recommendation alone. I still need to do that. See, it's like, okay, I like silly though. So just know it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, but it looks like it's <laughs> supposed to be like a spoof right. type. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, and I, I really like Mike Epps. He makes me laugh. So he's in this one. Also, Danny Trejo's in this. Snoop Dogg is in this. Mm. Gary Owens. Um, King Batch is in this, uh, the comedian Michael Blackson. So they have like a really awesome cast. And of course, bloody disgusting TV, guys. Just in case, again, if you didn't, for some reason, you muted this part and you're like, and I mean, I'm muted now, but you <laughs> muted this part and you didn't want to hear anything and you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to watch. Well, you can watch bloody disgusting TV. It's available and we, we have movies on there for you and your eyes. 
Just I wanna... in case you've listened to 50 minutes of a podcast on mute. And just then just to unmute it, Looking for, for something to listen to. No, I just meant that they, they were just like, ah, that's Xena. And then they just mute it. No, and they it was over. no. They mute, they they hear... mute everybody but Xena. But, that's how But it then goes. they'll hear bloody disgusting TV and they're like, yeah. I do want to add that if you, because bloody disgusting TV is on Roku. But if you do not have Roku, it is now available at bloody disgusting dot TV. Nice. See, hey. no excuses. Come on. Yeah. You can watch it anyway. I also stopped, or I can't stop thinking about the initial pitch on the movie Meander. Where they're like, so, there's all these tubes where there's traps. And the executive's like, you mean like the movie Cube? Oh, yeah. So, what are we calling it? Tube? Oh. No. <laughs> Meander. Meander. <laughs> like tube was way too close to cube. I mean, true. That is true. I probably would have watched it either way. Either way, I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to cut all this out anyway because I'm going to forget I said this tomorrow. No! That's a bloody disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you're... If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy, when I'm sober. Don't forget to hit the subscribe <laughs> button on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com, or on Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but... Feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles. From bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.